Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I want to thank my sponsors, Topps, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's uh, an episode for your listening enjoyment. Most serious hobbyist, no, I knew your dad, Bob, from the early 70s, and he was a real hobby pioneer. It's great to have you and Nick on. But Mike, you've reinvented yourself so many times, I don't think I could count. But it seems like this latest iteration is really working. And I don't know if that's credit to Nick, but you seem to be on a roll lately. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Your business seems to be really going strong. Live case breaking is going through a little change now. There's a lot of streams coming out, a lot of platforms, a lot of people getting into the space. And we were lucky enough to be going on almost 10 years now, Nick. Wow. We got in on the right time. We rode that wave up. But getting to that reinventing, when I was still at Tops, I thought about the case break because my oldest son, Alex, was trying to start it about 12 years ago, but there was no live element. They did it on eBay, but then they had to send a link. and It really didn't work, but I saw the potential, especially with the internet and streaming. Thank goodness Nick jumped on board because he's the brains behind that. Yeah, I think we have a good yin and yang between each other. My dad obviously experiences with owning a card shop in the past. So when we opened our new card shop a few years ago, I learned a lot about the right way to do things in a card shop. And I think the card shop has helped a lot in our breaks because we get a lot of customers coming in and finding out about breaks for the first time. And then they become loyal customers and our breaks come and pick up the cards. And I think it's vice versa too. A lot of our break customers travel hours to come visit the breakers and pick up some boxes and singles. So it's a good kind of mix between me and my dad's forte. The card shop that your dad would have envisioned or owned, if you go back in time, what you're doing now is pretty different, I think. The modern card shop, you guys have incorporated new elements. Can you talk about that? First off, we actually started the breaking operation first. So we grew into the card shop. We started in the garage. Nick was still in high school. We're breaking. Then we got a small space so we could have high-speed internet. We finally got kicked out of the house. The business was growing. And we thought that breaking in the card shop is the way to go. So when we opened up our new shop three years ago, we incorporated three break studios within the store, activity. It really seems to help give us a stamp of approval if you're a shop owner and a breaker versus if you're just a breaker. People tend to gravitate towards the shop break operation. Why do you, yeah. have, why do you have three studios? Are they going all at the same time? Or are you rotating? Um, we do Instagram and YouTube at the same time. And we were trying some other platforms, whatnot, Loop, a few others. So at one point, we had three streams going simultaneously, probably streaming 200 hours a week. But that's going different places. Three different rooms, you're saying? Three or different studios, three different rooms that show into the store. Um, There's only two of you. I don't really break anymore. I did at the beginning, but my eyesight, watching the computer, the chat, the packs, there's too much going on. So I had to retire that. I focus on the store. Nick breaks a little, but we have five breakers 
that we've hired, and they've all been with us a long time. Joe, our lead breaker, he's been with us almost nine years. So we rely on them to do the breaking, and then Nick has to do the front and back end loading the store and things like that. Curious, because it would seem like somebody that does the breaks would have to have a certain personality and a certain knowledge, but is it an hourly pay or is it salary plus bonus or what's the incentive uh, other than having a great time? He is an employee of sorts or he's an independent contractor. What's the arrangement there? Yeah, the breakers are on like a commission. So it's like a sales job for them. And all of our breakers, in order to get them trained, we start them on sorting. So they have to sort breaks for either four, six months, or even a year, a couple of years for some of the people we have. So that helps them learn about the different sets, different cards, especially if they don't have prior experience in the hobby. So that helps them get to speed on the current state of cards. So do they have to develop their own clientele? Do they have to be marketing to their friends and people that have participated in the past to come to their break? Because it's very competitive out there. When we go to the national, you'll see our breakers, they have different types of followers. And I think they all have their own personality that obviously develops different clientele. I would think you would also stratify by sport in the sense that you probably have some breakers and some participants that are really into baseball only or basketball only. And you have to have knowledge for the sport and the players, I think, to be able to talk through the break. All of our breakers, the number one prerequisite is you have to know modern day sports. You test them? We just talk them through it. All of our breakers have come through word of mouth. A couple of them start out in part time. They come in the shop, they work, but generally they have to have a personality too. It doesn't have to be the same personality. There's different, all of our breakers have a different personality. Some are like Joe. Joe treats it like a radio show. He does breaks this, that. He's got the music here and there. And some of the other breakers talk about the cards, really in depth about the cards. A lot of our customers have been around for a long time, which is a testament to we have a good operation. It sounds like your interview process is a lot like what we used to do at Beckett Publications, that gauntlet that you ran through at one point where we take the poor guy out to dinner and pepper him with a bunch of questions and see if they sink or swim. Exactly. We've had some come through interviews and they might be really good with sports, but they just didn't have that personality or that tech savvy also. There's a lot of software to go through during the show and Nick can tell you that and you got to be fast and you got to be accurate and you got to make sure that the customers have a good time. So no old guys need apply. <laughs> no, and that's not it's, necessarily true. It's Nick's but, friend. It's not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it is a young person space, although most of our customers are in that 28 to 50 range. Yeah. Young kids, they like to gravitate to the breakers that are a little more spontaneous and yeah, I would say we gravitate more towards a traditional collector. We do a lot of pick your team breaks. A big Dodgers fan, he wants all the Dodgers cards, he or she, and they buy the Dodgers in all 10 of our cases of, you know, top series too. These big random teams, they're just chasing the big hit. I think we gravitate more towards the collector base, which is good for the hobby. You're sorting all the cards, breaking them down and giving them all the Dodgers, not just the hit. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. pretty much 90% of our... 99% of our breaks all card ship. So I love that. I didn't read the fine print one time. 
<laughs> uh, when there's trouble, who's the troubleshooter among you two? Depending on what the trouble is. <laughs> if it's technical, it's Nick. If it's product, it's Nick. Employees, it's you. Employees, it's me. Yeah, They call me the boss man, even though I sort of just roam around. If it's a customer service issue, Delise, my wife, Nick's mom, also is working there. She does a lot of the customer service. And my daughter, Marin, works with us now. And she does a lot of the social media, customer service. Believe it or not, there are a lot of emails, a lot of questions. Was Nick able to know his grandfather? Because your dad passed no. away at a relatively young age. Yeah, he was 62. So that would be 1981 he passed. No, none of my kids knew my dad. Nick, just so you know, your grandfather was a great man. One of the true pioneers of the industry was sport fan. He believed in us down here in Dallas to jump on a plane and come to our fledgling convention that we had and cover it for his illustrious uh, hobby journal. But I think he had diabetes or something to where he was not in good health. TB also. He had diabetes. Yeah. His health wasn't there. But that's one thing that he did enjoy was going to the early shows. And I would man the table and he would walk around and talk to the dealers. You weren't there this time, but I remember your mom calling to keep an eye out for him because he was traveling alone. He Yeah journalism tablet the little spiral notebook that pepper used to carry and he was just <laughs> interviewing people taking some pictures and we made the front cover of a sport fan the next the next episode so nick that's part of your uh, grandfather father son legacy which is a very honorable one indeed in fact i didn't know mike i knew bob before i knew mike and mike had a great run with our company and if i were still there nick we'd have been looking at you we would have been saying <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you going to keep going for forever? I don't think I'm going to ever fully retire. Are you slowing down? You're younger than me. I'm slowing down. I'm getting close, tipping to that 7-0. Okay, a couple of years. But no, I've slowed down a little bit. I don't go in the shop as much. At the beginning, I had to set everything up and train everybody. And now we have a really good team at the store. So I don't need to go in as much anymore. But I don't think I'll ever retire. It's in my blood. I'll always be in the mix somehow. Let me give you three choices. Which is your favorite hobby situation? One is working for Beckett Publications, which you did for a while. The second is the Topps Archives, which had to be a highlight for sure. And the third is exactly what you're doing now with Nick. Oh, man, it's a piece of everything. But as a collector, doing the Topps Archives was once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Basically, I would go to Durier the first time, and there were probably, I would say, this big, tall warehouse pallet racks, probably a hundred of them, just full of big uncut sheet boxes the size of a kitchen table. And you'd open them up, and you just didn't know what you were going to find. I found tens of millions of dollars worth of... <clears throat> items over the course of a dozen years we sold. And the owner of Tops at the time, Arthur Shoren, it was a struggle too, because I wanted Tops to keep these really important items. Right. But Arthur, sell it, getting ready to sell the company to Michael Eisner. So he wanted to liquidate. I went through every office, every closet, 
Arthur took me on a tour all the time to make sure that I took things off the wall that were worth $100,000 that they thought were color copies and they hung artwork. Wow, these are just copies. This hung in Brooklyn. This is original art. It's not a color copy. So that probably, as a collector going through it at the Topps office and having a Topps business card, to me, that was epitome. Although working with my family is great. And when I went to Beckett, it was at the low point in the hobby, the early 90s. And that sort of gave me a different angle totally different than what I was doing. I did a lot of memorabilia and things. And all of a sudden, I'm in the card world again. But friend-wise and acquaintances, all the guys and gals we worked with at Beckett were still all very close, which that was more of a family. Tops was more of a business. Beckett was a family. And now Jaspies is... But Nick, it's really family, though. So. Really family. Yeah, it seems like... I'm okay with coming in third, Mike. So you don't have to sugarcoat it. The light you have working with Nick and you guys are doing great. So Nick, what's your point of view? Yeah, it seems the things he teaches me most, things he learned in the hobby and he tells other employees were things he picked up at Beckett. Now, I don't want to speak for you, but I think that might've been your learning step in, in just the deeper part of the industry. Yeah. In a lot of companies, they talk about diversity and inclusion and stuff like that. And Mike was our diversity hire. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't a card guy as much. And it really was interesting to see you had a lot of gravitas. The guys really respected you as you came Mm -hmm. in, but you weren't the card guy. It just wasn't your main thing. You were so diversified. And I think that really helped us take a a broader view and get some perspectives we wouldn't otherwise have. That's probably, Mike, the secret for you and Nick in the breaking business. You look at it with a broader view and you were originally ahead of the curve. And then now it seems like you and Nick have timed it just right. 